Hey Church of the Beloved, my name is Kevin Zo and I'm the production manager here at COTV. Just wanted to say a quick thanks for tuning in to our weekly sermon podcast. This week's message is brought to us by our interim senior pastor, Abe Lee. He is speaking on the topic of gospel-centeredness. So today we're going to finish off a short sermon series that we've been focusing on for the last month as a church. And we're going to finish it off with the most important value of of our church, what we strive for. The one value that uh, everything else rests on, that our mission as a church rests on, that our values as a body of believers rests on, our reason for for being a thing at all. Um, Everything is dependent on this value, one value to rule them all. All right. Uh, Before I continue on. Something's going on with the microphone? No? Something's happening. Sorry. Sorry. All right, I'm going to keep going in the hopes that somebody else will fix what's happening here. All right. And for those of you who are watching online, hopefully it's, uh, well, you can control the volume online, so that's fine. Um, Now, at this point, for the last month, I've been reciting our uh, church's mission statement every week. And so if you think you have the ability, if it's stuck in your head like it's in mine, try to follow along. We exist to see the gospel transform people. No one knows it. Into spirit-filled disciples who know they are the beloved of God because of Christ alone. I heard somebody. Awesome. The five values that we aspire to, that we emphasize as a body of believers banded together in this local embassy, this local outpost of God's upside-down kingdom, those five values that we try to do is uh, we live missionally, we, we aspire to be dependent on prayer, to worship passionately, to consider our community, and finally to be gospel-centered. Now, uh, to give some uh, input or uh, background or context, for the past few weeks, I'm going to be doing the same thing we want to do with, uh, that we've been doing, which is start with a short message, just about 10 minutes, and then have somebody to interview. thing is, I honestly didn't know who to interview when it came to this particular topic, gospel-centeredness, because unlike the other areas that we looked at, you know, passionate worship, etc., there really isn't a ministry only focused on gospel-centeredness. Every single one of our ministries, hopefully, are gospel-centered. Now, thankfully, Jonah, our worship director, he had an idea. Now, and before I, I want to go on a bit of a tangent. I hope you don't mind. Before I share his idea, just want to mention a quick thing. The staff at Church of the Beloved is amazing. Opal, Kevin, Jonah, Linda, Yuji, the, the heart the passion, the ingenuity, all of them demonstrate as they lead worship, lead the production, the community groups, beloved kids, the church as a whole, that's Yuji's job. It's just amazing. Jonah, Jonah, it turns out that this young, he's very young, much younger than he looks, mild-mannered, beautifully voiced, eligible bachelor of a man has great ideas, amazing ideas. Like this sermon series, doing the interview format, that came from him. Well, it came from him and Michael Morgan, one of the folks in our church. So thank you to Michael and to Jonah for, for this idea of this interview format. Our Advent sermon series is just going to start in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm going to take a little break uh, for a couple of weeks. We have some guest speakers joining us for two weeks. Our, our Advent sermon series is going to be looking at the four poems, the poetic proclamations surrounding the birth of Jesus, the Christ. That was Jonah's idea. He's so full of it, full of good ideas, you know. 
this is great. Anyway, he's an idea man. When we started talking about who to interview, uh, as we we're talking about this in staff, uh, Jonah steps up and says, you, I can interview you. And the staff, including myself, we we're like, huh, that's, that's, that's a good idea. That makes sense. And there was a moment where, I, and I'll be honest with you, where Jonah's speech impediment, his stutter, did, it made me pause for like a millisecond. That was the huh part. But I, I will be very honest. I love Jonah's stutter. I love it because I see Christ in his stutter. I see the work of Jesus in the limitations of an individual. I, I consider my limits. I have a lot of limitations myself, and I see the beauty of the gospel pouring out in spite of me. Because of my lack, I see Christ. I see the gospel transforming each and every one of us in spite of us. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to share a couple of thoughts about what gospel centeredness means from a Church of Beloved perspective. And then I'm going to ask Jonah to uh, join us on stage. He's going to take over, turn the floor over to him, and he's going to interview me. I've asked him to be kind uh, as he does the interview. By the way, I, I thought I would, I would do a quick recap of the last four weeks, the last month, uh, the key points from those values, but no, I decided I'm not going to do that. I don't want to bother with it. I, I, I want to encourage you, for those of you who are joining us maybe for the first time, uh, in person or online, uh, if you or maybe you've missed one of the last four weeks, if you want to know who we are as a church, go to the YouTube channel. Just search for Church of the Beloved. You can smash that subscribe button, as people like to say. Uh, you can listen to our sermon podcast if you're more audio oriented. You can do um, Kevin, our production manager. He releases those on Spotify and Apple Podcasts every week. You can do it at double speed. It works well. I do it too. Um, I don't listen to anything at normal speed anymore. But you can learn about who we are as a church, how we want to live out our values so that we can see the gospel transform us into spiritual disciples. And hopefully you can look at how you can do the same with us. We, we sent out a list of action items. Uh, it's at cotb.life slash action. That shows how you can join us in living out these values. So hopefully you can check them out and hopefully you can live them out yourselves as well. But now I want to spend a moment just to talk about what it means to emphasize gospel-centeredness, and then I'll ask Jonah to join us on stage. Now, back in 2005, uh, when we were, my wife and I were still in San Francisco, there was an organization created called the Gospel Coalition. This is from their website. Just to give you a sense of who they are, I'll explain why I'm talking about them in a second. They, said, they say this, We seek to support the church by providing resources that are trusted and timely, winsome and wise, and centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are not pursuing power or prosperity, popularity or applause. We are pursuing faithfulness to God and the glorious gospel of his son, Jesus Christ, which sounds great, right? It's a beautiful statement. The Gospel Coalition works to enable gospel-centered churches. Awesome. So back in 2005, when they were formed, my pastor at the church, our pastor at church in San Francisco, his name was uh, Jeff Louie, he was one of the original council members uh, of that coalition. And I remember he came up to the pulpit one Sunday and said, we are now a gospel-centered church. This is who we are now. And I, I should explain, at the time, the term gospel-centered, it really wasn't something that people used a lot. I mean, we spoke English, so I understood what he was saying. It's, it's, it wasn't hard. We're centered around the gospel, which seems fine. Actually, it seems pretty obvious, but whatever. 
we didn't understand why our pastor, Pastor Jeff, was making such a big deal about it. So I asked him. I, I actually went up to him and said, dude, what's the big deal? Why, why, why are you making this proclamation that we are gospel-centered? And this is what he said to me. He says, we are now a church that believes that the entirety of the Bible points to the Messiah. We are now a church that lives like everything that, oh. Can I, they're going to turn me off? Yes. All right. Can you guys hear me okay? All right, perfect. So he was telling me, uh, we are now a church that believes that the entirety of the Bible points to the Messiah. We are now a church that lives like everything that we are is for the sake of the gospel. We are a people that understands that, that our lives, our lives must be centered around the truth of the gospel and the person of the gospel, Jesus, the son of God, the son of man. And I remember him telling me all this, and I'm thinking, isn't that what we've always been doing, though? I, I don't understand what the big deal is. I truly didn't understand why he was making this claim that we are now gospel-centered. In my head, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe it's because Jeff was being asked to join this national council, which is fine. You know, that's a prestigious thing. Maybe that's why he's focused on the gospel-centered. So we also, as serving as an elder, one of the things we thought about is maybe it's because that's a new term we need to be on brand as a church, you know, to bring in the younger people. I, I didn't know what the big deal was because ultimately the ex explanation he gave me about gospel centeredness, it just seems so obvious. I actually remember talking to my wife Suzette afterwards and explaining to him what her, what he explained to me and we're both like, okay, that's fine, that's fine. <clears throat> but I came to understand much later on what Jeff's point was. See, oftentimes you'll be at a church and you may have seen this, that they will preach about scripture like it's about them. It's about, like, me. They'll preach, let me give you an example. They'll preach about, like, David and Goliath. If you guys know the story, David and Goliath is an example of how we are called to face our demons, face our monsters by faith in God, which is ultimately not a bad takeaway, but it's not the point of the story. See, being gospel-centered understands that the totality of Scripture points to the Messiah. So in that moment, when Goliath is yelling at Israel, when Israel's future seems to be most dark and bleak, God is bringing a Messiah, a Savior. And he's going to do it from the most unexpected place. From the work of a little shepherd comes glorious victory for God's beloved. That's what the story of David and Goliath is from a gospel-centered perspective. In John chapter 5, verse 39, Jesus says, You pour over the scriptures because you think you have eternal life in them, in the scripture. And yet, the scripture, they testify about me. Being gospel-centered points me, points us to the good news of the work of the person of Jesus Christ. It doesn't make the Bible into a self-help book. It's not giving you advice. It's not just giving you proverbs and winsome ideas. No, being gospel-centered means that something, sometimes scriptures, is, it's not going to answer this question of what does the Bible mean to me today? What do I take away from this today? Because sometimes you have to realize the Bible is not about you. It is for you, but it's about the Messiah. And as a beloved of God, our lives are not about us. If we're gospel-centered, it's about Christ. The, to be gospel-centered in our preaching, in our, in our teaching, in our living, is to say, it's not about me. It's about you, Jesus. There's a passage in Luke, uh, chapter 24, verses 25 to 27, and Jesus is talking to a couple of disciples as they're walking on a road 
to a town called Emmaus. And this is after Jesus has risen from the dead. And this is what he said to them. He said, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things to enter into his glory? And this is the best part. Because it says, then beginning with Moses and all the prophets. He interpreted for them. Jesus interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. Is the first master class. Because gospel-centeredness is an understanding that at the heart of who we are as a church, preaching, teaching, living out the entirety of scripture, this is understanding that the gospel is written so that we might see how from the very beginning, from before time began, it was always about Jesus. That's what gospel-centeredness is for us as a church. Uh, at this time, I'm going to go ahead and ask Jonah to go join us on the stage. He's going to, I'm just pulling up some notes for myself, but he's going to do the interviewing part of our time here. I'm just going to move this table over a little bit. Um, so, you can use that one? Yeah. You're good? Mm-hmm. All right. Hopefully my Uggs are in the shot. <laughs> yes, I am wearing Uggs. So go ahead. Sorry, Jonah. I, didn't mean to. I was stalling for time. It's all good. So I am turning the, uh, the floor to you. So take it away, sir. Sounds good. Uh, so you've been talking a lot about being gospel-centered. Can you uh, just sort of define your terms? What does the gospel mean? Uh, It's a great question. Uh, (laughs) So at the heart of gospel, uh, if you guys are familiar, may not be familiar, it literally means good news, right? Uh, And so the news part of the good news or the gospel is ultimately that humanity, all of humanity is separated from God and separated from God due to sin. The good part of the news is that, that, that God has provided a means for us to be connected back to him through his son, Jesus Christ. And I mentioned this, uh, uh, I think the concrete definition is important because ultimately uh, we have to understand that your testimony is not the gospel. Uh, Your testimony is important. I'm not saying you shouldn't give your testimonies, but your testimony is not the gospel. Because if you consider the gospel, the gospel is first news. And so sharing uh, your testimony is sharing about the impact of that news on you. So for all our doctor friends and medical professionals who've gotten their booster shots, of whom I'm jealous right now, you can tell folks how you are impacted by this. You feel safer, but that's not the good news. So sharing your testimony is not the same thing as sharing the gospel. The gospel ultimately is a message that God provides a means of redemption, uh, even though people may not even realize they need it, right? The other thing about God, and I hope you don't mind, the other thing about the gospel that I want to think about and is this. It's really hard to succinctly state the gospel. It's, you know, nowadays everything has got to be in a tweet. How many letters is it? I don't know. I'm, I'm not on Twitter either. So, uh, so, you know, 120, 240 characters. It's hard to do the gospel in just that much space or maybe a TikTok video because I think TikTok is unlimited time. I uh, somebody's saying no. Okay, well, anyway. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, you know, for understanding the gospel, the gospel is a story of the Messiah, 
right? And the gospel is the story of our Savior, our Redeemer. And the gospel is intended to be presented and, and say to you, come as you are. Right? And so there is differences in the if you, nuances to the gospel that always have to be considered. You look at the four gospels in the uh, Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All four of them come from very different perspectives and include different uh, emphases. Even Paul, when he writes his letters, when he talks about the gospel, he takes into consideration the audience that he's talking to, and he'll emphasize different areas of the gospel. Because... You know, the gospel definition I gave earlier is pretty straightforward and simple, but there's so much nuance to it. And as I was preparing for today and considering this, uh, um, you know, we had talked about what kind of questions to ask, I did come up with an analogy. Uh, most of you who know me know that I'm a fan of Star Wars. I like what Disney's done with the Star Wars franchise. I'm not going to deny it. But when it comes to talking about Star Wars with my favorite fan, who hopefully made it, Suzette, my wife, it's going to be very different from how I talk to it with, let's say, Lizzie. Like, Lizzie, have you even seen Star Wars? No. Yeah, you have? Okay. Uh, whoever has not seen Star Wars, how I talk about it with you is going to be very different with, versus somebody I talk to, like, with Isaac. Uh, Isaac, who I could probably talk about canon and the books and how there are no canon books anymore. If you don't know what that means, it's okay. Or, um, you know, how, talking about how... I would, it's going to be different from how I talk to like Mike Kim, who made our coffee today. Thank you very much. Or a handmade pour-over coffee this morning. If you haven't tasted it, it's amazing. Uh, how I talk with Mike Kim or Mike Sidereth or Mike Morgan, because we have so many mics. You know, every single mic, how I talk to you about it is going to be different because there's nuance. The heart of it is the same. The gospel is the same. But what we f focus on, what we emphasize is going to be different because there's differences between it. Ultimately, the gospel, filtering it down into a single tweet is not possible. Uh, there's nuance to it, but that's a very long-winded way of saying this. That's what, how I define the gospel. So. Nerd. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, so how can we, on a practical day-to-day -day level, be gospel-centered? How can we be practically gospel-centered? Um, Sharing the gospel live, uh, is, is exceptionally important. Learning the gospel, experiencing gospel is, is a hard thing, especially. Um, because the gospel is intended to be experienced. The, the impact of being redeemed, the, your, your testimony, that is the experiential component of the gospel. Today's passage in 2 Corinthians uh, verse 20 uh, really, I think, sums it up really well, what we should be doing, how we should be living it out. And says there, we are ambassadors uh, for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. And we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So practically speaking, we're called to be ambassadors. We are, we're called to be the image bearers of the Savior, right? So the gospel experience is living out as though we've been redeemed. Because he who knew no sin became sin so that we could be seen as righteous in God's eyes. And that's what we're called to live out. And if we consider who we're called to imitate, um, it's Jesus. It's Jesus Christ, the carpenter from Nazareth. The carpenter from Nazareth who literally said, bring the kids to me. Uh, and, and only those who love me and my dad and the spirit, only those who love me like these kids do, these little ones, only they will be the ones that will come into the upside-down kingdom to reign with me. And we're called to imitate the Savior who not only said, Blessed are the, those who mourn because uh, they're going to be comforted. He went out and went to those who mourn and comforted them. 
We love a redeemer who said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and then went out and gave food and drink to them. There is, um, I don't know if you, did you grow up with uh, the Red Letter Bible? Yeah, yeah? You remember yeah. those? Uh, I remember a pastor, the Red Letter Bible, for those of you who are not familiar with that, is the Bible where the words of Jesus Christ are in red. Everything else is in black. And I remember a pastor friend uh, one time came out to, uh, said to me, we need to consider and we need to live both the red letter Jesus and the black letter Jesus. We need to live out the words that he said and the actions that he did. It's not just one or the other, it's both. Because there are times when you're looking at the things that Jesus did and they seem like a little extra. Flipping over the tables in the church because he was angry that they had polluted the uh, temple of God and then lovingly going to lift a paralytic man from his mat. These are the things of Jesus Christ, and so this is who we're called to imitate. So living out the gospel, uh, it is intended to be, as ambassadors of the gospel, we are intended to be those who Im imitate Christ himself. So. Great. Well, those are all my questions. So. <laughs> That's, That's it. it? That's it. That's all I got. Uh, okay. <laughs> that was so fast. I, well, in that case, I'm going to, if, if it's okay with you, sure. I want to make one last uh, point. Um, ultimately, one of the things you asked, living out the gospel, and I think that uh, one of the things I experienced this past weekend. So for uh, those of you who are involved in community groups or small groups, hopefully your groups are uh, trying to set up time to go out, spend time, maybe overnight and do things. We actually had an opportunity uh, with one of our small groups this Saturday to go to Starve Rock, enjoy some time together, building community. And uh, in that experience, I came to fully appreciate and love how important community is to growing in the gospel and understanding discipleship. Because discipleship in and of itself is a scary word. Uh, discipleship is because, you know, suddenly somebody's watching you and doing what you're doing. And, and Opal, a couple weeks ago, asked for folks to be willing to step up as small group or community group reps. Um, and she, she acknowledged it sounds scary. It's a lot scarier than it actually is. It's not. Because ultimately, when it comes to discipleship, God is not calling us to be disciples of Jonah, though it would be great if we were. Uh, <laughs> he's not calling us to be disciples of me or Opal or Eugenia or anyone else. God's calling us to be disciples of him. And we're walking along with each other in that process. So we are called to be disciplers in the process of being discipled. So when we allow the gospel to transform us, when we allow ourselves to live like gospel-centered individuals, we need to do it in a community environment where we can be encouraged and encourage each other in that, in that moment. So my call and my hope as a church, as a church of the beloved, whether I'm the interim senior pastor or serving in another role in this church, is that we can continue to grow together, together as we try to strive for gospel-centeredness, discipling each other and being discipled by each other in the community. So. Thank you for tuning in to this week's COTB Sermon Podcast. For more info or to connect with us, you can visit our website at cotb.life. God bless and have a great week.